You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by Thoroughbred Racing Commentary's Global Rankings. Good morning, welcome to the show. It is Friday the 8th of September and a gorgeous morning here, still up at Yorton Farm in Welshpool after the sale yesterday and a sales record set here, £165,000 for a son of no risk at all, a half-brother to Al Dancer, bought by Di Walters, which was lovely to see. Jane Mangan is my guest today as we look ahead to Irish Champions Festival, which begins tomorrow at Leopardstown and concludes at the Curra on Sunday. Jane, the Irish Champion Stakes is the feature race of the weekend. Who's going to win it? I have been long a fan of King of Steel, and I was listening to what Rishi was saying on the pod yesterday regarding his 10 furlong credentials. I think this is his optimum trip and potentially ground as well, um, although he does handle knees in the ground. I think he's the the one I'd like. I it was interested to hear your Pentire stat, 1995, the last horse to win this race, having never won a Group 1 beforehand. And um, I'm interested in Nashua. If we're taking the York form literally, surely she's bang there and she's getting the £3 allowance as well. So they're the two that I like. And basically, to cut a long story short, Nick, I think it's going for export. You think it's coming back to the UK. What do we make of August Rodan now? Do we really know who he is and what he's capable of? Um. Well, we know what he's capable of. I thought... A mile and a half at Epsom showed us what he's capable of. Now we need to know if he's able to produce that kind of a run over 10 furlongs. Uh, I think he's got his ground. Um, he's playing a home game. I'd say he'd have to be even better to win this, but that's what the Irish Champion Stakes is for. It's a stallion-making race. I think this is his, his biggest test to date, and I'd say he's... Let's put it this way, like he beat King of Steel over a mile and a half, but I'm fancying King of Steel to turn it around. You say if we take the Judmont International form literally, if Paddington had come here, what sort of price do you think he'd be? I think he'd be favourite or near favourite. Um, I mean, I'm, yeah, asking, I'm asking that because I wonder whether that adds grist to your Nashua mill, really, whether whether that is the single best piece of form coming into the race or not. I expect this to be a really strong run, mile and a quarter race, and the best horses will will emerge from that. She can cruise real high because she can be a bit keen, and um, this will be her first Group One win against the boys. She's done that three times against the girls, but um, I I'd say she's she's got every chance. Look, John and and Teddy Gosden have had a wonderful season, and John has won this three t- uh, four times, uh, Roaring Lion. The few Golden Horn and, and Mutaram back in '93, so I think he's got a really good record in this race, and um, he could have brought Mostadaf here, and he didn't. He's bringing the filly, so actually, could he have brought Mostadaf? Alflela's in here as well, so it's it's just a fascinating deep race. Um, the average race or the average rating of the race last year with seven runners was 118. It's got the same average rating this year with nine runners. So I was trying to pick holes in last year's renewal to try and draw a line through Luxembourg, which I can't. I think he probably didn't stay in the King George. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and see what kind of price he is uh, come race day tomorrow. Uh, I wouldn't forget him. He kind of bit me in the backside last year when I wrote him off. And who would I be to do that again? All right. The Chief Supporting Group 1 race in Ireland tomorrow at Leopardstown is the Matron Stakes. All eyes will be on to hear and not seen since winning the Coronation Stakes at Asker, perhaps a little less impressively than some would have liked to see. She's a, 
a very warm order. Her trainer has been a little coy uh, uh, this week, saying just satisfied with her work. Her rider, Chris Hayes, however, spoke yesterday with Dave Keener, and this is what he had to say. Preparation has gone good, Dave. Um, she's in great shape. She had her break after uh, after Royal Ascot, and she's come back stronger. She feels well. I had a sit in her during the week, and I presume she'll have one more little piece of work to get through, and I presume then it'll be all systems go for the matron on Saturday. And the weather, if it's like this for the week, we could have fastish ground there at Leopardstown. They always produce beautiful ground, but you did handle very quick ground at Ascot, and she's pretty adaptable that way. Yeah, it was good to firm at um, the Cora, and it was good to firm at Ascot. Probably a shade quicker in Ascot, and I I thought that was her best performance so far this year because it was a, a muddling race, and she to quicken. A lot of things went wrong for her, and she still got the job done. She moved beautifully on it, so yeah, I I don't think we're going to be worried too much about ground. And this has been a weekend that kind of really got you going. You won the the matron all those years ago for Kevin. I think that was your first Group One. I think it was the same weekend you won the the Leisure the the weekend after that, and you, you've won the. The Flying Five as well. Yeah, I've, I've been lucky enough. Touchwood, the Champions Festival, has been good to me. Um, I've won all the, the, the big races at it, the, the Blanfords as well, the Ledger. They've been, it's a fantastic weekend's race and some of the best horses, the best jockeys and best trainers. And Yeah, it does. It gets the juices flowing and the blood pumping now for the next seven days because the horses are going through their last little bits of work and you're just ticking all the boxes and then it'll be... Um, once the decks come out, then it'll be all planning and seeing what we can do. The excellent Chris Hayes there, who rides to here in the matron stakes. Jane Mangan, you wouldn't exactly be bowled over by what Dermot Weld has been saying this week. Yeah, um, I haven't heard an awful lot from Canberra as well, if I'm honest. And it's been very under the radar, the, the comeback of Homeless Songs. We haven't seen her since April when she got beaten by Buckaroo. She looked like she was behind in her coat, like a lot of the Rosewell fillies were, and she was carrying a little bit of condition. And I was thinking, oh, she'll be, you know, she'll tighten up for this run and she'll go very close next time. I didn't think next time would be in September in the matron stakes. Um, she's completely flying under the radar for the class of filly that she is. She's got the highest rating of any filly in the race. Um, but Tahira is the one that is this year's fully capable of brilliance. Um, we haven't seen her since the coronation. She was put away with an autumn campaign in mind. And we haven't heard an awful lot. But look, she's the one they all have to beat because what she's done in the guineas, both guineas, in fact, and, and what she did at Ascot kind of sets the standard this season. And uh, maybe he's just letting... Philly do the talking. It's it's been a while between drinks in this race. Dressed to Trill in two thousand and two, emulous in in twenty eleven. So uh, could this Philly give Dermot Well a third matron stakes? I think she's got a favourite chance. Well, there's not much depth, is there? I mean, yes, there are some nice fillies in here, and it'll be a nice sized field, but there aren't many with really really strong credentials outside her. Well, you got more Rogue Millennium. Um, I think this would be. You know, she's going for her group one. She'll have to step forward again, but she's got a rating of 109. So that leaves her nine pounds shy of Tahira. Meditate has got the blinkers now applied. We know what she's capable of, but the twice that they've met in both the Moigler last year and the Guineas this year, Meditate has come up short against Tahira. Zarinsk is a course and distance winner, but I think she's best at seven furlongs when you're up at this kind of class. She could be your pace angle, albeit she's drawn 11. A prosperous voyage, that's interesting. Rob Hornby was declared by Rafe Beckett's team uh, on declarations morning, but they have a 
appeal to the IHRB to get that switched to Frankie de Tory to ride her because of an administrative error. Rob Hornby, of course, is declared for two rides at Haydock tomorrow in and around the same time as the Matron stakes. So I'd imagine Rob will be in Haydock and Frankie will be on Prosperous Voyage in the Matron. And Paddy Toomey has been working back from the Matron stakes with Just Beautiful all season. He won this at Pearls Galore last year. He was placing it the year before that. And if anybody's looking for uh, maybe a bigger price, I think Just Beautiful might be one that uh, this has been this has been the target all year. All right, well, here is Paddy Toomey once again talking to Dave Keener. Yeah, Just Beautiful is... We've trained her for it, you know, this, this summer since she won her Group 2 there, uh, the Ridge of Pearl Stakes and Guineas Weekend. The weather is kind of every time we wanted a runner, the ground has been soft. So we're hoping for a dry 10 days now to Leopardstown because she needs good ground or better. Um, but she's going to turn up and, you know, uh, she's in good form and I'm looking forward to running her. And she's a very quick filly. Uh, any reservations about getting the mile? I think around Leopardstown she should be fine, you know, she's won up the curve at a mile the last day and you know I think that her run style she's an aggressive racer and I think that you know she she she's got plenty of ability and I'd be hopeful around there that she'd do something similar to what the other one did last year and she's loads of experience plenty of age about her as well and have you trained her specifically for this race yeah look we we had the option of the Rothschild during the summer she's a group two winner she's not she's not a group one winner and we'd like to try and make her a group one winner that was the idea of keeping her in training and the ground was heavy in France for the Rothschild, so that you know that was a non-event. So we we just gave her a chance there, and we've trained her for this race this week, next weekend. And last year you had a great weekend, winners at Leperstown <coughs> and the Curran. What's the plan for the Curran on Sunday? Uh, we're going to run a lilac roller on Sunday in the sales race, the Tats Ireland sales race. She uh, won her on her debut in Cork, and then she backed up lovely in the Loaders Phillies race there a couple of weeks ago. So that's the plan for her. She looks a potential stakes filly, and is this a, a slightly easier option? It's a, a great pot to go for. Yeah, look, she's, she qualifies for that race. It's, it's, it's a it's a it's a it's a three hundred thousand euro race, and uh, you know she could have ran in the stakes races on the same weekend, any one of them. But uh, we just thought that take the you know when the option was there, we'd take it and move forward with her. You know, she can go to stakes level hopefully next year. All right, that was Paddy Toomey. Jane Mangan still with me. Jane, where is Frankie Dottori today? He's in Down Royal for two rides, and I'd imagine this could be Down Royal's best attended meeting since Envoy LN won over fences there back in October. And where is Frankie Dottori not going? He's not off to Lestole's Harvest Festival this year, uh, which is disappointing for all racing fans who are wishing to see him. Uh, he was due to go there last year, but uh, there was obviously a clash in schedules and he couldn't go last year. The understanding amongst the public was that he'd be there this year um, but there has been uh, a negotiation between track and, and rider and it just hasn't worked out but uh, I know for a fact that my parents my uncle's family uh, my cousins uh, some of my friends are all going to uh, Leopardstown tomorrow because they want to see Frankie de Tory, because they want to see Ryan Moore and because they want to see Christoph Sumion so those types of riders those levels of of celebrity jockeys that's kind of the draw effect that they have and that's just what i know off firsthand mm. that's quite interesting because your family are you died in the wool racing fans and are absolutely steeped in the sport and there's a contention really that riders aren't a great draw you go to see the horses and you're saying you know no they they want to see the top sports people as much as they want to see the horses, which I guess is why in his testimonial year, he's 
commanding big fees, big appearance, a uh, big appearance fees for for turning up to to various race race meetings. I mean, there was a a fair bit of chippiness about this when when they couldn't negotiate a fee. But you've kind of articulated why why he's probably worth the money. So th- this is obviously pertaining to Frankie Soli. Yes, um, I would say he he can command whatever fee he wants because he's in demand, and this is obviously an extremely busy final season for him. The only contention I would have is that the sport has given a lot to Frankie and that it would be nice to see him giving back to the sport in that way. But if it comes down to monetary terms, then it's black and white. They either want to pay it or they don't. But um, I personally think it's a, a little bit disappointing that the racing fans who are hoping to see him at Listol won't get the opportunity. But I know now that they knew in advance of Irish Champions Festival that they wouldn't get to see him in Kerry, that they may well make the journey to Leopardstown or indeed the Curra, where he might, it's declarations morning for the Curra on Sunday, that he might end up riding there. I think Porta Fortuna might be an option for him there. So they do have a draw. And why wouldn't you want to see Dottori and Sumion and Moore when they're the best in their profession and have been for decades? So I would say very much we would go to, to Leopardstown to see, see the stars or to see the great horses. But you want to like the I'd, I'd imagine these guys will be inundated with cues for pictures or 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 uh, autographs if they can at all possible this weekend. All right, Jane, should we have a canter through Sunday at the Curra? At the Flying yes. Five is the big sprint. I spoke to Tim Easterby yesterday about Art Power. He seemed really confident the horse would run a big race. You've got the round three of Highfield Princess versus Brad Sell. It's it's not a bad not a bad race for the Flying Five at all. No, and as it should be a good race, it's Group 1. Um, the home team is probably led by Moss Tucker and Ladies Church. Ladies Church found everything happening too fast in the Nunthorpe. Um, we'll see if she's up to this class on ratings. She'd have a bit to find. Um, will we see something like Dramatized come over? I think the Antarctic yep, goes she's running. Yep, she's yeah. running. Dramatized runs, Haydock for the, the Antarctic. Uh, the French horse is coming over Boutamont. And it looks like we'll have a decent sized field. I think Oshin Murphy's going to ride our power. Uh, Holly Doyle declared on, on, on Bradzell. There's another draw as a rider. Uh, I think Holly Doyle will have a lot of people coming to see her this weekend as well. So um, that's a decent race, but it's probably not the best race on the Curra card. And no female jockey has ever won a Group 1 race in Ireland. Doesn't surprise me. There wouldn't have been many get the opportunity on a proper horse to win one. All right, let's talk about some proper horses of the future. The two-year-olds, anyone who regularly follows this pod knows there's a side bet between me and Jane as to who wins uh, a group one first between Ilang Ilang and uh, City of Troy. Of course, you, you've absolutely nailed this because you were the one that spotted that Ilang Ilang is going to run in one before City of Troy and she's the even money favourite to do so. Uh, my opposition is kind of petering out uh, to to Ilang Ilang, so I've just resigned myself to the fact that I will be buying dinner. Yeah, I'm just trying to decide where we go, but we'll we'll cross that bridge because you still have a lot of confidence in Fall and Angel, the Carl Burke filly. Uh, she'll be in against me the, again. The declarations are this morning. Um, could we have the Albany winner Port Virginia? She only found Buccaneer Fuerte too good in Phoenix last time. Dermot Well has indicated that Red Viburnum will run. Uh, Vesper Tidio was brilliant in the debutante but if we're taking the silver flash form literally Ylang Ylang has her measure on that run so 
Uh, that's uh, that's an interesting race. It'll probably have more runners and a little bit more depth than what looks like a match race between Buccaneer Fuerte and City of Troy a little bit later on. And I was looking at the Iris and Ledger, Jane, and we talked about this yesterday, how much it was thinning out. Willie Mullins has missed an opportunity here, hasn't he? He must have something he could have run. I was thinking that, and then I was thinking, well, Vauban's been earmarked for Melbourne. Um, absurd ran last week, and it's probably just a case of the Ebor has taken a horse, the Melbourne Cup has taken a horse, and you only have so many for that level of a race in your artillery. So it doesn't look a terribly deep renewal. Um, all the vibes for Kiprios are that he'll need the run. Uh, the ground will be too quick probably for Hamish, albeit he'll give his running. Elder Elderov looks the one to me. If he's ever to win a group one over uh, as an older horse in the staying division, this is his chance. Um, he's last year's St. Ledger winner. Surely that counts for something. Emily Dickinson isn't getting her ground. Um, Yashin's the outsider of the field. I, 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 I think it's after cutting up quite a lot. Well, easy to lose sight of the fact, with everything going on in Ireland and the UK, that some very important racing taking place in France this week. It is Arc Trials Weekend, uh, the Prix Foire, the Prix Vermeil, and the Prix Niel. Uh, Adrian Cunhas from Jour uh, de Gallo is with me now. Uh, Adrian, what sort of bearing do you think these races are likely to have, if any, on the Arc? Well, if, if you look at, at the last quarter of century, half of the winners of the ARC come from one of these three trials. So I think it's quite relevant, even if obviously over the last years, we didn't have such a quantity and quality of horses that we used to have in the past in France. So these trials are a little less strong than they used to be. But on the long term view, they were really the best way to the ARC. Which horses interest you the most? Oh, I, I, I love the 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 Phillies race, the Bermay, and it's going to be very interesting to see uh, Warm Art, the Hydrogen Philly with James Doyle again against Blue Rosen. It's going to be a test of stamina to see if, if Blue Rosen she can uh, stay twelve furlongs. It's going to be interesting too to see if Pensé du Jour is a has to purchase by the Vertimer or, or if her form is gone or and if Andre Favre is able to uh, revive her to the good finish she was at the early of the year. So Blue Rose Sen against Warm Heart and Co in the Group 1 Pre-Valmay. What about the, the Colts trials which don't have Group 1 status? Absolutely. I think like Feed the Frame, you know everybody's talking about Ace Impact but Feed the Frame is highly regarded in initiative. Everybody's talking about him. He's running the premier and he's maybe the best 12 furlong cult in this country. Obviously, he doesn't have the achievements of Ace Impact, but he's so impressive. And uh, he's against Fantastic Moon, the German Derby winner, which was scratched from the group one in Baden, where the ground was really not good and a few horses were injured so his entourage decided to go to to Paris and there is also the Italian derby winner Golden Ass running against against him so two derby winners against Fit the Flame is interesting and Maya Sanafi was third in the jockey club and if he happens he wins mm. he's going to bring some credit to Ace Impact so it's going to be interesting too yeah that is an interesting race so Feed the Flame looks a, a high class prospect for sure for a trainer who surely knows how to win the Arc de Triomphe and what about the the pre the, the trial for, for older horses is that likely to, to throw up anything? 
So, well, there is a chance that Place du Carousel is the arc horse of André Fabre. So he has decided to take the easy route and probably uh, this Prefois is not the strongest ever, but sometimes having a, a quiet and, and gentle preparation is the best way to go to the to the big race. I think there is one horse really against her, which is Irezin, but Irezin being gelded, uh, he has no chance to go to, to the arc and the others. I don't know about San Marco. I'm not sure he has this kind of level, but I hope I'm wrong for all the German fans. And Fendelong and Prison Jane, they probably not are arc level horses. So it's going to be interesting to see Place du Carousel because you never know how much the Fabre horses have in the tank and, and, and they probably have a great come in, in, in progression and they get better and better at every race. So it's going to be interesting. You have to give a look to Place du Carousel. Alrighty, Adrian, thanks so much. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you very much. Have a good evening. Well, it's a big Group 1 weekend for James Doyle, not only on Warm Heart in the pre May for Aidan O'Brien, but back aboard Shaquille in the Sprint Cup at Haydock Park. Earlier in the week, James conducted a press conference with uh, British Champion Series. Uh, Cornelius Lysett was asking the questions, and he was most interesting about the difference in Shaquille's personality at home and on the race course. Really thriving, and um, it was actually quite nice. I went to sit on him a couple of weeks ago during uh, York Week. Um, we just popped him in the stalls um, up on the Malton Gallops there, and it was actually quite nice to um, to go and sit on him at home. Obviously, um, I'd heard uh, well. The guys have all said he's completely different at, at home, which is kind of hard, kind of hard to imagine. So it was quite nice to sit on him at home and actually experience that because he really is. Um, he is really a very calm and collected character um, in his uh, own environment, so to speak. So, yeah, it was quite nice to, to see him like that. Yeah, so so just sort of expand on that a bit more, just compare and contrast what he was like at home compared to when you've uh, ridden him on the track. Well, he's just, he, he on the track, he, he, he's great in the prelims. Um, he, he's really grown up in that regard. Uh He's been foot perfect in terms of going down to post, really relaxed and doing all those things right. Um, as, as we know, in the stalls, he can get a little bit tricky and he's just bunny hopped out the last twice. But thankfully, um, the twice I've ridden him, he, he actually broke fairly cleanly. Um, obviously, something we'll be looking forward, uh, well, looking for him to do on Saturday. Um, but we won't know until the gates open how that will happen. Um but yeah, he, he he on the track. He, he's just he, he's a big boisterous sprinter who um, who who knows he's quick and he wants to be fast. Whereas at home, he he obviously knows his environment, he knows his routine, and he's so relaxed. I mean, we popped out the gates the first time, and I had to give him a squeeze away and kind of get him to to even do a half speed. And the second time we jumped out was upside another horse and. The same again, I had to ask him to go past um, horses, which, as we know, uh, in, in his races, he, he, you don't have to ask him too many questions in a race. So did that, that, that must have been quite a striking thing for you, having ridden him on the track and, you know, in the cool, calm uh, environment in North Yorkshire. It must have been striking how different that was. Yeah, absolutely. It was just interesting to see. I mean, in terms of on a race day, I don't think it will have much of an effect that I've seen him how he how he has been at home because I think on race day he obviously gets his blood up and he's a different animal uh, in the afternoons. Um, so yeah, it, it was just interesting to see and um, yeah, it was nice. I, I guess for uh, Julie, Stephen, and and their team, um, 
who have obviously explained this, it, it, it kind of puts a bit of weight behind that. You know, I think Julie and Steve were thinking, Christ, these things, people might think we're talking nonsense, but um, I can certainly say they, they're 100% correct that he is a complete puppy dog at home. That was James Doyle, who rides Shaquille in the Betfair Sprint Cup at Haydock. I'm pleased to see him get back on, Jane. It's been rotten luck on him that he's missed the last two Group 1s on a horse that he built up a nice rapport with at the beginning of the season. Shaquille is odds-on in most places. Do you think he should be? I, I do think so. Um, look, it's it's been a frustrating year for James, but it might be a case of he's going to make hay in the autumn because he's had his warm heart win in, in the Yorkshire Oaks, and and this guy looks like it is his race to lose. Um, I think it's ten to one bar just him. Sacred has got the cheek pieces on for the first time. William Haggis is throwing everything at her, where I presume she'll retire at the end of the year. Millstream's been supplemented, um, winning after winning his last two races at Deauville. Rossa Ryan, who of course was on Shaquille last time when he won, is aboard Lazoo, with Frankie being in Ireland. Um, I think Lazoo will be up against in this kind of a race, but let's see what she can do after winning at Newmarket last time. And beyond that, it would be a surprise. So I haven't mentioned Spy Catcher, but the the field doesn't look as deep as maybe what this guy uh, faced in the Commonwealth and at um, at Newmarket. And would you expect him to win? I'd expect him to win. He's short. If I was going to play one each way, I think I'd play St Lawrence, who I thought was a bit unlucky not to finish uh, closer or even win. The Morris de Geest. I think he probably ought to have won it. He was a long way out of his ground and hung around at the start. If he gets away on terms, I think he's good enough to make a pretty bold fist of this. And the horse that was second to Shaquille in Newmarket, beaten just a length and a half, is twenty. Yeah, run, run to freedom. Yeah, I, it's just you've just got to. It's just a bit of a leap of the imagination to work out how he's going to reverse the form. I suppose. He ran second. He might be nice each way price. Kieran Fallon riding for Aidan O'Brien in the Antarctic, but obviously not the Kieran Fallon of yesteryear. A little bit of nostalgia there. All right, listen in, because I'm about to tell you something that will possibly amaze and almost certainly delight you. Um, Jane McGiven, owner of Golden Horn et al., and Cornbury House Horse Trials, which is uh, owned by uh, David Howden, who's lending an awful lot of support to the horse racing industry as well, the insurance magnate, uh, they've announced a new Class for X racehorses that will be run at, at Cornbury in 2025. Nothing unusual about that, you might think, but it's worth £55,000. The idea being to incentivise retraining of racehorses into this uh, incredibly challenging but very rewarding discipline. I I'm joined now by uh, Piggy March, top international event rider. Uh, Piggy, this is quite something, isn't it? Something pioneering, something very different. What's your What's your feeling towards it? Oh, God. I mean, well done, Jane, firstly. And it just shows her, her passion and commitment to um, both racing and eventing. She's been a fabulous supporter of mine and genuinely just loves horses. And I think this is just so brilliant, for, probably for the racing world especially, to have such, you know, talented athletes that maybe don't love it on the track or, you know, for whatever reason, do have a career afterwards, of which eventing they can be exceptionally good at. Um, the prize money is brilliant. You know, that is the, the amazing thing, especially for event riders that, you know, it's it's hard to find any competitions until you get to five star that you can actually have a go at 
winning money. So the the two go will go together so brilliantly to actually get good riders going to um, the racehorse sales or being in in touch with. Um, resource trainers a bit more just to keep in the loop because it's really worth for our business to actually be giving the time to produce these horses for these sorts of classes which now you know you probably start to get a resource out of training you might think it's it's flat work's not good enough to be competitive enough and that sort of thing but with these classes given on show for us then it's it's definitely worth and and you know they are brilliant athletes, and and you still need the blood for the Burleys and the Babingtons. Yeah. You know we've had a year of year of um, you know the cross country being such a test of being in the mud, or being you know still Burley is such a stamina test. And so I'm really hoping it'll probably relight the fire to bring bring thoroughbreds back into the game with a worthwhile class to, for professionals to be getting them started at. And generally speaking, do you find the thoroughbreds that you've had relatively adaptable, easy to teach? Yes, I mean, they are all different, like all horses. And some, you know, it's got to be the mentality of them first and the, and the soundness. Um, you know, some can have got very lit up from racing and they're just adrenaline junkies. So, you know, it's, it's going to be very hard to just get that relaxation for the dressage test but also a lot of them are very intelligent animals and with just the right training and just a little bit of patience at the start um they can adapt very quickly and you know it's just changing you know giving them time to change their muscles and and understand the new game but a lot of them can be very athletic intelligent careful animals that you know if you get one that that can move a bit and is you know a tough one a sound one then there's no reason why they can't adapt i've had a lot of fun with um some thoroughbreds of late and you know they've been great animals to work with piggy i know you're busy because you're at the horse trials at the moment between your show jumping and across country how are you getting on um, yes, all right. I just knocked a pole down, so that's a little bit irritating. But I suppose we can we can live with that. Um, it's a fabulous place, Cornbury. I mean, well done all the team. It's amazing walking around. You know, we're very lucky to have it, and a and a fantastic five days of all sorts of different levels. So it's it's nice to be here, and it's not too hot just yet. Nick, the sun's not come out, so it, just yet. So it's all no, all is fine. Thank you. Excellent, Piggy. Always good to chat to you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks. All right, this weekend is the Great North Run, and amongst those running is the general manager at Haydock Park, Molly Dingwall, who joins me now. Molly, you're running in aid of, of racing welfare. How's it all gone so far, the training? It started off fantastically, um, and then about three weeks ago, I got terrible shin splints, um, which is not something I've ever suffered with before. Um, so that sort of halted running for three weeks, but I've been um, doing lots of cardio in the gym on the bike and things like that to, to compensate. And um, my shins had their last sports massage on a Tuesday morning, so they're feeling good and um, we're ready to conquer 13 miles, I think. <laughs> are, are you a runner? I, I used to be. Uh, used to be. Had some time off, um, and then have just got back into it this year. Um, more to get ready actually for my wedding rather than anything else. But um, I thought that this was a great challenge to to do. So um, another great excuse to to keep on running. So when are you getting married? 
Uh, next year in May, yeah, 25th of May. Oh, you could squeeze in a couple of marathons between now and then. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, yeah, that, that's the plan. I'd, um, I'd love to sort of just, just keep going. I think when you get to this sort of level of fitness, you want to just keep the ball rolling because it's, it's so easy to sort of slip back into the easiness of not not having something to get up and run for. So, um, so yeah, the idea is to keep booking things in to keep me busy. <laughs> and racing welfare, obviously, we, we showcase an awful lot on this podcast. Um, just tell me a little bit about why you you chose to run for them. I just think they're an incredible charity. You know, I've worked within the business now for or within within the industry for for sort of eight or nine years, um, and I just I think they're incredible, and I think they're really sort of undervalued as well. I think there are so many people that don't understand what they do and what they can provide people with, um, and so anything we can do to sort of up that and, and increase awareness within the industry but also outside of the industry I, I think is really important um, uh, so yeah so I just thought who's better to go for and, and definitely them so I'm, I'm really pleased that I was able to I was able to get a place to run um, and raise money for them and uh, how can we donate so I have a um, enthuse page so if you um, put enthuse great north run uh, into uh, a web page it will pop up and then you type in my name at the top and it'll bring up my sponsorship page and it's also on all of my social media so twitter molly dingwall if you go on there i've got a link on there for it as well molly best of luck thanks so much thank you so much well continuing our spin around the very very busy sales season at the moment we cannot forget the asaris sale which takes place uh, in la test near bordeaux Next week, that takes place Monday and Tuesday. The general manager from Asaris and their auctioneer, Emmanuel Vio, is with me now. You'll remember we spoke to Emmanuel as part of our Weatherbees Round the Bloodstock World section a couple of years ago. And Weatherbees very kindly put us in touch again. And they also produce the catalogue for Asaris. Uh, Emmanuel, great to, to catch up again. What can we expect this year? Uh, thanks, Nick. Um, I, um, first, I think it's um, we are back, you know, on the two-day sale format, we, which is uh, much more comfortable for both uh, vendors and buyers. So, so I'm, I'm very pleased uh, with that. And um, um, as I told you uh, a few few years ago, we we are also pleased with. Um, a lot, uh, the, a lot of winners we made uh, for, for, from this sale. So uh, uh, we had a very good feeling. So last year, called Tulipa Shop, you know, won first time out in Bordeaux in May and uh, won a listed this summer at Deauville. And the Phillies entered in the Marcel Boussac first um, uh, of October um, uh, at Longchamp, of course. Um, so, so we have, as I say, a lot of winners uh, for, from this sale. And uh, please, with the cat this year we, we have a brother of sister and sister of good good horses uh, um, a lot 28 for example you know called by city light out of uh, Galileo Mer Saturnin uh, who produce uh, Rue Boissonade uh, who was sold at the breeze up last year at, at La Teste uh, for only 6,000 euros and uh, Rue Boissonnet she's entering the Prix Vermeil this Sunday at Longchamp so um, all together um, as I say a, a lot of uh, good winners and uh, for, for me um, as you say in England uh, it's um, a good, very good uh, value for money if I can say that like that 
Uh, you can certainly say that, uh, and it makes perfect sense. Just tell people a little bit about how the Asaru sale started up and, and why it's got its place in the market. Uh, it started from the, from breeders from the southwest, in fact, because it was quite far away from for them going to to Deauville. And um, it was, uh, and the the, the 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 value as well, you know. Uh, it, it you you have in the southwest two or three uh, uh, stud uh, uh, which were capable of going to Deauville in August, but then after the stock was a bit, uh, um, uh, um, how I can say lower. It is correct word. I don't know, but uh, um, so so then that's what the idea at the beginning to to create a sell. In the southwest, in, in the southwest, sorry, in, in order to the to the breeders of the the area, um, um, uh, to to have their sale in in this part of the country, and it seems to have really taken off. Yes, yes, and uh, and then uh, year on year, we were, uh, year by year, sorry, we, we had uh, uh, vendors uh, who, uh, who came from the from the west region, from Normandy, of course, uh, and so 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 uh, we grow uh, like like that, and uh, and then uh, again with, with the, the good winners, uh, Sense of Mali, uh, Trueshan, who uh, was sold at, at the sale, uh, we, we had a, quite a lot of Group One winners, uh, both. Uh, Flat and and and, uh, um, uh, and uh, hurdles and uh, steeple shares coming from from the cells. You know, uh, uh, one who, who, um, who I, I, I like particularly was Master Dino, for example, also Royal, who, 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 um, who is a very good horse uh, of a hurdle. And um, so, so yes, and winners, winners uh, coming from all the countries. So, so, uh, so. Um, the, and the spot of Lattes, you know, we, we are in, in uh, Bassa d'Arcachon, uh, and the, the spot is fantastic as well. So, uh, so there's, there's a lot of good things um, uh, which which uh, uh, allow us to to uh, to, to to do uh, a, a good sale in the area. Thanks so much for talking to me, Emmanuel. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you, Nick. All right. Thanks to all my guests today. Jane Mangan is still with me and has something for you for when, Jane. For today, I'm not going to Down Royal and going to Kilbegan National Hunt meeting. 4.02 p.m. is a conditions hurdle where I expect Keen Collins's if we're not fizz to make all of the running under Carl Miller. I was impressed by the way Carl rode this mare over fences at Ballon Road last time. And I think often attractive um, condition over hurdles. I think if we're not fizz will take an awful lot of catching. Frankie Dottori is off to Down Royal, however. But Jane Mangan, sadly, on this occasion, too expensive. Jane, thank you very much. Thank you very much for listening. That was Friday, September the 8th. We'll see you after the weekend. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Mm-hmm.